0: The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful
1: information?
2: Todd Rooker.
0: For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd
3: Rooker.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your Cover Your Assets, another episode. Uh, Our show today is irrelatable or is about starting a new business or a side hustle. And uh, there is uh, a distinction. Uh, They are different. Uh, You may not think so. The distinction might be wide or it might be narrow. Uh, But we'll kind of cover some of that today. Uh, So for a lot of people... Uh, they want to start their own business. Now, I've told you on this show that just because somebody has what many might consider a small business doesn't really mean that they are a business person with a business mindset. That's an important distinction. Many people who enter into, uh, wade into uh, the the waters of self-employment Uh, Whether that be as a side gig, side hustle, or if that means that they do that instead of going to work for somebody else, really are doing that most often simply because they want control, they want freedom, and maybe they can uh, earn a little more money. Freedom in the way that they actually call their own shots and don't have to answer to somebody else. And that's understandable, nothing wrong with it, and it can be done. Others go into business because they wanna they want to build something big, kind of like building a building, building Legos, you know building something big that really may or may not have a lot to do with with uh money uh they just enjoy that that element Now they're more than likely if they do it right, can be a lot more money in it than working for someone else, and it's worth understanding always. That when you go to work for someone else who is providing you with a paycheck, a roof to work under, uh, possibly a a book, an existing book of business, possibly a, a customer or potential client list, leads and all of those things. That is very different than when you go out into the world all by yourself with none of that. Zero. So the question becomes, why do people go to work for others versus why do they go to work for themselves? <clears throat> and the reason most likely, <laughs> this may be a bad explanation, but more true, I think, than you want most want to acknowledge. The reason people work for other people is because everybody else does it that they know. Because being a self-employed person, running, building a business, makes you quite unique, and the statistics... Uh, are are not on your side. And that means that most that you talk to, probably 90% of the people in the workplace, are going to dissuade you from starting your own business, but rather going the safe, secure path. Well, that's what it means to work for somebody else. That's what it is. And so when you do that, you are moving towards the realm of security. You want, you need, you're compelled towards security. Why do you work for somebody else? Because you believe that that ensures that you have a consistent paycheck and you can uh, uh, go to work every day and get paid and know that you're gonna get paid. When you go to work for yourself, you don't have any of that. You, You, as I love to say, eat what you kill. So if you don't make any sales, if you don't do any work that people are willing to pay you for, then you don't make any money. And this is the reason that that it is uh, the case where if you don't bring in money, you don't make any money. And it is completely dependent upon your capacity to make rain in that regard. So I like to say that you're not in the business of providing these services or you're not in the, in the business of doing this thing, uh, you're in the business of talking people into paying you for doing this thing. That's the real business you're in when you start. Most certainly when it's just you or you and one or two other people. It's always about talking people into selling them to pay you for doing this thing. The fact that you can do this thing is almost irrelevant unless you can talk people into paying you for doing it. And the fact that you may or may not be really good at it is also irrelevant unless you can get people to pay you for doing this thing. So <clears throat> that's maybe the first thing is that people who go to work for others are giving away the upside potential of earning more money. Because ultimately for a business to be able to pay you as an employee, as any business owner will tell you, It costs them infinitely more dollars than what you receive in your paycheck. So every business owner who starts a business and has employees figures out that they have to pay work comp and they have to pay social security and FICA tax that the employee does not have to pay. If you ever heard that's about 15%, about seven and a half percent comes out of your check, the employee, the other half comes out for the employer. If you want to attract good good uh, uh, employees, you might have to offer benefits. Benefits such as health insurance, where the employer has to pay a portion of that health insurance. That's more money on top of your pay. If they're going to offer retirement plan benefits, where they do a match of 3 or 4%, that's more money on top of your pay. Additionally, you go to work because you want security. So whether you're there being productive or not, you expect to be paid simply for being there. And many times the business may not have work to keep everybody busy, or people certainly are not running at peak efficiency all the time. And that business owner has to pay you whether you're producing and earning enough money in the work that you do to justify your pay or not. They have to pay you. So that employer is never gonna pay you what the business receives for the thing that it does because that business owner has to pay all kinds of things and pay you an amount of money that essentially is an average for the ups and downs of what I've just described. Well, wow. So you are kind of giving away the upside potential as an employee because you're fearful that you cannot do it, nor do you want to do it maybe on your own. And so you go to work and you just, you know, you're here and uh, I need to get paid. And the business owner's problem is they better be bringing in enough money to do that. And it's no small thing. It's no small thing. So for a lot of people who, who venture into business, they haven't even done that equation yet. They just see the fact that somebody's paying a lot of money when they walk in the door for the service or product. They see that, big chunk of money and they assume that if they go into business for themselves they'll get that and they don't have to share that with anybody that's what they think of course once they get in the business they they change their thinking on that pretty quickly but when you go into business for yourself you may go into that because you're sick of working for the man you may be sick of taking orders from other people you may believe that you have that potential to make a lot more money control your time And so you are giving away the security of being an employee for the upside potential of earning more and having greater control. All right. Well, make that distinction that when you go into business, that is what you're doing. You're giving away security and stability. The employee is giving away the upside. You're giving away security and stability. And That means that, yes, you may make more money for doing the thing that maybe you were doing before. However, the ups and downs of that might mean that overall you're making less than you were even making before because you don't have people who are a steady stream of income coming in your doors or asking you for the product or service, and you're not good at making rain. In fact, the whole reason you go to work for other people, many that is, is that they don't want to have to sell anybody on anything. And every business has to sell its product or service. Every business has to sell its product or service. So that's one of the first considerations you have to have. Are you the type of person who can deal with the upside potential while dealing with giving away the security and stability? Can you make rain that consistently? Do you have the ability? Do you have the, the capacity to talk to people or do marketing and understand it to be able to bring business in on a consistent basis so that you have a reasonably consistent income? Are you that type of person? Maybe the biggest consideration. Now, if I'm going to do a side hustle and not quit my job, well, that's different. That's different because now I do have some level of security in my day job, but I'm going to do my side hustle. I'm going to do my thing on the weekends or in the evenings. And I'm going to try to make more money doing, th- doing that than what I'm earning in my day job, additional change in my pocket, additional income. And I do somewhat have the stability. But if I'm going to do that, then I have to be conscious of the things that I should be looking for. Now, the first question to consider is, <clears throat> why am I doing it? And that should be paramount in your mind. Because a lot of people say, if it can't be done from eight to five, I'm not interested. Those same people will also bitch and complain about the fact that they don't make enough money, they have a crappy life, and they can't afford anything, and everything's so expensive. Well, in my entire lifetime, that has never changed. (laughs) So so you can bitch about that, but doing your day job, seeking security and stability— is never going to provide you with the upside income that you're looking for to have not even a a grandiose life, but just a, a reasonably good life. So that might be the first place to start. What does it cost for a reasonably good life? We discuss this all the time on this show, and that number is so much higher than anybody wants to admit, certainly those who are employees, because they're striving within their careers, their their employment, to earn the most money that they can. And a lot of money simply means more than what they're currently making. But when they get to the point where they're making more than they currently earn, they're always depressed to find that it's not nearly as much in the way of buying power as they had hoped that it would be. And that's a little disheartening, but it's true. So the reality is if one were to sit down and without any reservations, whatever, about what the cost was, simply define what their life would look like if they had a reasonably good, prosperous life. I don't mean over the top. I just mean, what would that cost? And do that without any considerations of what it costs. Let's start with what are the things that you want to have. Do you want to own a house? Do you want to own a car? Do you want to have toys? Do you want to have a lake home? Do you want to plant a garden? Do you want your kids to be in activities? Do you want to celebrate holidays? Do you want to take a vacation? Do you want to have, I don't know, whatever? Well, the irony is that this is something I do every day. I do sit down with people and go through what it is that they expect as a reasonable life. And I do include everything in there, things that many times they don't. They, they love to come, with, come to me with the fixed expenses that they have to pay, like the rent and the insurance and the cell phone and the gasoline and the food. But they don't include all of the ancillary things that if they don't do any of those ancillary things, they're miserable. And so they do want to do those things. And whether that's in your mind or their minds, a grandiose or, or limited, uh, amount, it still costs money. So whatever it is you put in as a reasonable life, then we apply the numbers to those things and we do it with, with, you know, a conservative lens, meaning you don't try to say, well, I think I could do it for this. No, no. Let's just. Be honest. Let's put down what real numbers are. Now, frankly, for most of you, you don't even know what that is. For me, I've been doing it for 30 years and I do know what it is. And I put those numbers down and almost without exception, people who are sitting across my desk while we go through this process, and it's not a 15 minute process, folks, it takes hours. And just pulling it out of people is hard because, you know, it, it is a true statement. When people start filling out what maybe they've they you know, grab on the internet as a spreadsheet that hopefully is, has got categories for everything. So it causes them to, to look at everything and draw it out. Well, as they begin, maybe they begin with the simple things that I just described, the fixed expenses, and then they get into the variable things. It could be more or less. And then they get into the lifestyle things. Well, by the time they get halfway through it, they're already depressed because that grant, that summary that is typically adding up as they go is getting larger and larger as they're considering what their consistent take-home pay is. And by the time they reach a certain point, they are putting numbers down that aren't even real because every time they put a number down, they're looking at what the total is and that total is getting nearer and nearer to what the total is that they bring home each month and they're not even close to putting in all the things that they would want to do or expect to do. And that's why it's depressing. And that's why, frankly, most people can't or won't do it. It isn't the lack of intelligence or the math. It's that this is just really depressing. And yet they live this life every day. So when you put all those things down and you listen to somebody like, you know, the guru Rooker about how you're going to create wealth in your life by spending less than you earn. Well, when you figure out how much it costs just to have a reasonable life, The amount of income that you need to bring home, and that's after-tax income, to be able to pay for what you consider a reasonable life and still have money left over is a pretty high bar. And most people just don't want to know because it's depressing and they've got no answer to it. Well, the answer to it is you got to do something else, maybe. Or you got to climb higher, maybe. So the primary reason that one starts a, a side Business or any endeavor of any type, whether it is a business that you w- will allow you at some point to walk away from your existing job and do it full time, or whether it's just in addition to your consistent, stable uh, income, your day job. Well, either way, the goal should be that I can earn more, not just to have a better a, a, a better lifestyle, and lifestyle is having a good life, being able to travel and spend the money, I want you to be able to make more than that. Because if you don't earn more than that, then you're never going to have any stability in your life other than the job that you are completely dependent upon. So when I talk about being independent, I mean that you have put away enough to purchase enough assets in the way of stocks, bonds, real estate, whatever it is, gold, silver, whatever that that though that added up against the amount that you owe other people would allow you to quit working regardless of where you are in your life age 30 age 40 age 50 because the goal is to get there as fast as possible. that's the goal. so unless you spend less than you earn and take that money and put it into those types of things. That's never going to happen. And although you may have a reasonably good life in that you do have a nice house in a nice area and you're, you're, you're able to take a nice uh, uh, tra- travel vacation. And maybe if you have children, send your kids to nice schools, but you don't have much else other than that. Well then without that job, you're done and you are completely dependent upon someone else, and you have no say really in your life other than when you're not working. So if you want that freedom, that control, then you've got to be able to earn more money than it takes you to have a reasonably good life and still have money left over to do the things that I just mentioned. It's no small thing. It's a tall order. I'm painfully aware. And a lot of people aren't painfully aware because they don't even look at it and they don't even yearn for it because in their minds, it's not possible anyway. So why waste the time? So I'm talking to those of you who are hoping that it is possible and are willing to go out beyond that consistent, stable income and start your own thing. So if I am going to do that as a part-time thing, well, then it should stand a reason that for the time that I have available to do it, which will be limited, if I'm working a full-time job, if this is not me just starting a business without anything else, and I know some of you listening, you will do that, and that's okay. But if I'm doing that, even still, meaning doing that, starting a business, and that's this is it, and that's all there is, and I don't work for anybody else, or if I do work for somebody else, and it's a side hustle, well, then look, I'm still trying to earn the most amount of money for the time that I'm doing it. And that is a term I refer to as leverage, how to make the most money for time spent. So it isn't simply and only about what you're good at or what you'll be fulfilled at, because the money aspect better come up right alongside of you having enjoyment, fulfillment and passion, meaning equally as important, if not more important. And the world tells us not to look at those things, and I say that's a mistake. I say you better look at the money. So if I'm going to do something... I certainly better be earning a lot more money if I do my day job and I'm paid per hour. Or if I do my day job and I'm paid salary and I can equate 40 hours a week to that number, what does that mean that I'm earning per hour? And whatever I'm doing in my side or new business I'm starting, I better be earning a whole lot more money in the same amount of time, hourly, let's say, than I am in my day job. Let's take a break and we'll be right back talking about starting a new business or side hustle. We'll be right back.
4: Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with JL and Financial's retirement checklist. If you could check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, J. Allen Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash challenge. J. Allen Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are
5: not affiliated companies.
2: So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, 3,800. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom
1: copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Voss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com.
0: Ask for Billy. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker.
1: Welcome back, everybody. So, starting a new business, starting a side business to earn extra money. And I don't just mean going to work at Home Depot uh, on the weekends. Uh, But that may be the case that that's all the time you have to dedicate. So, if I am going to take time away on the weekends, and imagine that, you know, you're a young person, Uh, mom, dad, uh, have little kids. It's very hard to work a full-time job and take yourself away from your family, the people who you care about that you want to spend time with. You know, time goes by and you didn't get to spend time with them because you were always working. Uh, I understand. So if you are going to do something, four hours, eight hours, 10 hours on the weekends, then it better be something that has leverage, where I'm earning significantly more for the time that I spend doing it than I do in my day job. Better be. In other words, if I'm earning $30 an hour in my day job, this thing that I do on the side better be earning me $100 an hour or more. Better be. See, and for some of you, that number that I just threw out, that that is people mentally checking out right there because that's just absurd. It's not at all. It's not at all. Because all others who are in that space uh should be attempting to do that. Because if you can't do that, then number one, you're not going to do it for very long. Because remember, if I only do it two or three hours a week and I'm making a hundred dollars and giving away my weekends, week in and week out I might not last very long. I might abandon this endeavor very quickly. But if I can earn substantial money for time spent and it has a direct impact in the goals and directions that I have, I'll stay with it. Additionally, if I am gonna build that out farther, likely the profit margin is large enough that I can afford to scale it. Because remember, when I pay someone else who might come to work for me in my startup business. Now I need to pay them for doing that work and there needs to be money or profit above and beyond all of those operational expenses that will include labor and materials. So if I don't start off with that level, then I'm probably never gonna be able to grow it and scale it. And look, for most of you who are listening to this, that doesn't even occur to you. You're just thinking, what would I be good at? Can I sew other people's socks? What can I do? You know, and, you know, and I'll charge them $20 an hour or something like, you know, if you're going to do that, you should go to work at Home Depot or, you know, whatever, or, or McDonald's. You should do that because that's not going to be fruitful. And you know what? I I guess I'd rather have you go to work somewhere else where it was guaranteed and predictable because that's not going to have the ups and downs that you're going to have in your new side business or your startup business. So you gotta be able to contend with the ups and downs. So there better be enough money to give you enough juice to deal with the ups and downs in that business. So you're looking for leverage, you're looking for something. And ironically, most things, most services or products or whatever it is you're gonna do, will will very likely provide you with that if you if you get to the point where you are the direct to the consumer who will buy and pay for that. So that's that's a doable thing. So if you're simply trying to earn more income, then it really is about what you do because you're not looking at that business as something that you're going to grow. And I would say that you should understand and consider that right from the very beginning. But if you do find a way to earn substantial money for time spent and you build that out, build that out in the way of how can I do this and make the most money for the time spent and focus on the high leverage activities. The things that that make the money and, and cast off the things that don't make as much money and give those jobs, those work, to someone else, maybe somebody younger, maybe a high school kid or a college kid, or maybe maybe you've got, you know, somebody who who is a virtual assistant who can do those things while you're doing the thing that makes a lot of money. And that thing that makes a lot of money more than covers the cost of paying them while still within the time that you have to dedicate allows you to make way more money. See, a lot of small people or small business people, they don't understand that. They think they want to capture everything, and anything that they have to give up, that's a pure loss to them. No, no. If I can do more of the thing that makes more money, the the thing that brings in the actual money for the time spent, if I can do more of that while doing less or none of the smaller work or the, the the you know, paperwork or the fulfillment work and those types of things, well, then overall, you will make more money because otherwise you're going to be engaged in the things that don't make a lot of money and less of the things that make the money. I hope that's clear. So I'm looking to figure out how to do that. Now, if I create that model to do that, why, once I do it, can't I duplicate that and bring someone else on? provide them with that same type of model that makes them most efficient and do it again and again and again. And the next thing you know, I got, I, I figured out how to make myself the most amount of money in this particular thing as a model. But that model now has enabled me to duplicate it two, three, five, ten 10 times. And that's how I'm going to make my money. So even if you start off being a, an individual practitioner and nothing more, doing the thing. Within that fulfillment of that thing, most likely there are high leverage activities and there are low leverage activities. You're trying to push the low level activities onto someone else who maybe is better and more efficient at that than you are. And you're trying to focus on the things that are high leverage. Once you do that, and I don't care what business it is, Now you've just created a model where someone else doesn't have to do it and you can now bring them on, pay them not as much money as you're paying yourself, but a reasonable amount of money that would attract them. They have more security in it because you're bringing in the business and now you're making a piece of that on every single new person that you bring in. Well, look, if you're earning 25% on on another person of what you earn. That simply means you need to have four people to replace the income that you're earning. Once you go beyond that, now you're making even more money than your time and your activities would have produced. And if you continue to produce yourself while simultaneously doing that, now you're making even more. So that's the point of being an individual practitioner. If I wanna go farther, then I'm looking for profit to the business. And that 25% profit that I just described, hey, I pay this person 75%, of what the total income is. Between that and the material costs and what I pay them and everything else, I still wind up with a 25% margin. Well, that means that above and beyond paying myself to do the work, I'm also creating a margin. And that's what a business is about. A business is about profit margin. It's not about you being a practitioner. It's about a profit margin. So if you didn't even do the thing, you would still make a profit margin on top of all of that. That's what you're trying to accomplish in a, in an actual business is profit margin above and beyond what everybody's paid. That's why as a small person who has got, you know, four or five employees, you don't even look maybe at what you pay yourself. You think that's profit. That's not profit. That's not profit. Profit is above and beyond what it would take to replace you. And after you do that, is there still a margin left?
5: We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. Does
1: your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty-smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664. Or go to his website, Seamless Solutions MN. find Arlis Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at aholawoffice.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. So, back to the point. Do you want to build a one-person show? you Are going to be a one-man, one-woman show? Or do you want to build a team that essentially supports your efforts? Or instead, are you looking to build a large organization, a company, a corporation? That's that's a question. I mean, uh, you don't have to know it right away, but you begin to figure it out pretty quickly. And one of the pinnacle issues is, do the margins exist to allow that to happen? Because if they don't, either what you're doing isn't a good business uh, in the way of, of scale and growth, or at the very least, the way you're doing it And the price you're charging and the margin you're creating has to be changed or approached differently. So, one, if I'm going to do this, I want to consider what I'm going to do. And that many times for most people is always or often all about what it is that I can do or what I can do well. And the irony is that a lot of cases, that's really not the way that you want to approach it. Many times, it's less important about what you're good at or what you would enjoy. And see, everybody else tells you it's always about what you'd enjoy. Hey, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And if you love what you do, you'll always make plenty of money. It's not true. It's not true period. It is not true. I don't give a crap how many thousands of times you have heard that. It is not true. You can love what you do, but if you don't do it in the right way, or if it's not the right type of thing, you might never make a lot of money. So do not focus primarily on the skills and what you can offer the world. That is, of course, the craft, the trade, or the profession. And while this is not unimportant, It's not the most important. Instead, you want to focus on what the world wants, needs, and most importantly, what are they willing to pay for. Then consider how you'll offer this and how you'll make the most money doing it. That, I think, is just a contrast to what everybody is told. So if you didn't hear that, rewind it and listen to it again. And if you reject this thinking because you're not purely a business person, don't care to be one either, but rather are driven by that consummate you know, fulfillment and passion, because that's where it's at, then at the very least, you need to consider your skill set, your aptitudes within the context of what will make the most money. And even though the thing of, let's say, the three to five, that within your skill set you could do and could be okay at it, but this thing is at the bottom of the list. But let me tell you what. If you make good money doing it, you will come to love it. I know many, many people who love what they do and are miserable and angry at the world because the fact is that the world does not reward financially, doesn't charge, people don't pay the amount of money that they should for this thing that you think is everything. Because if it's your thing, it is everything. But see, the problem is if the world doesn't pay or reward you for that thing, then you're angry at the world. While you love what you do, you enjoy it immensely. You're passionate about the quality and the, and the attention to detail, but you don't make any money and you're angry because it shouldn't be that way. But look, it was that way before you even endeavored into it. Why did it take you so long to figure it out? So be conscious of what is it that's going to make the most money. So what are the three to five things that fit within your core competency? These three to five things should also be products or services that you could be passionate about. Maybe you're not now. And then consider of those things, which one will make you the most money for time spent within that leverage concept that I talked about and have the greatest margins as a business if you choose to scale them. So that's a basic thing. Now, what is the number one reason that most businesses fail? Well, if you go online you're going to get a couple different things, but the one thing that's going to keep coming up is underfunding because people are broke. You might be broke most people are you know when you when you go online and you and you see all of the offerings for you know starting a business and there are these kits or these books or these courses or these whatever. They're all relatively inexpensive and they're very appealing because they tell you about how you can make really good money, which is a relative thing, right? Because anything more than what you're making now in terms of income is a lot of money and they cost no money and they're appealing because most people don't have any money. And if you want to sell a lot of courses or kits online, you got to appeal to the vast majority of the population who has no money. Is that really how it works? No, it's not. It's not how it works. Let's take another break. Be right back.
4: Social Security, you've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at JL and Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security Report. Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. J. Allen Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. J. Allen Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi,
0: this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002
2: or visit us online at Dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach to that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years' experience in this highly specialized field, and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know, allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly, and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to cya21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763 55 that number again, 763-559-3800. You're
1: listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Starting a new business or a side hustle. Let's jump back in here. So uh, the, as I was stating, it takes money to make money that 's the problem people don 't have any money, maybe you don 't have any money and i 'm going to tell you how you might be able to circumvent or offset some of this challenge i 'm about to describe, but as I was uh, stating there's something that keeps coming up regularly, and that is the underfunding of a business number one reason in you know, according to a lot of people, and it, true, not surprising. And in fact, when you create a business structure like an S-Corp or an LLC or a a C-Corp, you should know, never start a business as a sole proprietor. Never do that. Don't do it. I don't care what your CPA says because it's not worth it because you don't make any money and they're cheap and thrifty too. But if it's going to be a real business, the fact that you go and spend the money means that you're jumping in the water and by goodness, you're going to have to make it work and and there's more onus there's, there's more, You, you man, you spent this money, you better make it work. That's not a bad thing, by the way, you know? Being cheap and thrifty is not the path to wealth. I know that 95% of you people out there who are 401k speakers believe that, but it's not true. Getting yourself into something where you can't back out and you, are, you have to make it work, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. The stress of that is the best thing in the world. It's not something you run away from. So underfunding means that people try to start a business in the so-called bootstrap manner, and they have no money whatsoever. So they can't endure anything without falling flat on their faces and losing and quitting. That's That's the reason. So there's a couple ways that you can address that. One of them is that initially you just do the thing like the Home Depot or mow lawns or do things where you're spending less than you earn, finding a way to live on what you have right now because you're apparently doing that right now. So any extra money you make, 100% of that money needs to go to be able to save up money to actually go into real business. And if when you work extra hours, three weeks out of the month, on the fourth week, you simply reward yourself for the hard work and spend all the money, you're accomplishing zero And is that the natural tendency for people? It absolutely is. Well, I mean, I've been working my butt off, been working 60, 70 hours a week for the last three weeks. I'm going to enjoy myself this weekend. I'm going to take it off and they spend everything they make. Okay. You made 400 bucks extra this month, 300 bucks extra this month. And trust me, it ain't hard to spend that money really quick. Well, now you're accomplishing nothing. So you can do that. That's one way you can overcome having yourself five, ten thousand dollars to start with. And if you think that's a lot of money to start a business, you're wrong. That's that's just a, a a drop in the bucket, but you need to save up that money. And it might take you some time, but while you're doing this, you can learn more about what you're getting into. The other way to do it is to write a business plan and seek financing. And you know, I know again, cheap thrifty. Why would I want to do that? I don't ever want to owe anybody any money. I, I, I you, you never want to take out loans. How are you going to pay those loans? That's what everybody's going to tell you. It's another one of those jump in the net will appear jump. And now you are, now you are obligated and by goodness, you make it work. I love it. So you write A business plan. You go to a bank, and you try to get a loan. And the Small Business Administration writes loans to people that the bank ordinarily would not give loans to for this very purpose. They're 7A loans. Those loans will allow you to start a business and if you've got a business plan and if you've got a reasonably good credit profile and, and a reasonably good financial picture, doesn't mean you have to be making a lot of money, just means you need to look responsible. And the business plan has to illustrate that you have some concept of what you're doing and how you're going to make the money. You'll have to put together a pro forma to go along with that. A pro forma is a projection of future performance or financial results. Uh, and you get that business loan, and now you have the money to deal with the ups and downs, to finance and fund some marketing and things like that, and to buy yourself a computer and to buy yourself packaging or whatever it is you need, maybe a maybe a, a, a new pair of duds, maybe a, maybe a vehicle, a truck, I don't know. And now you have a reasonably good chance. Having said all that, remember something. Of all the businesses that go into business, the statistics say that 90% of them are are going to be out of business within 5 years. So you better have the audacity and the self-confidence to believe that despite that that's nothing more than somebody putting a, you know, putting a challenge against you and you realizing how challenging it is and saying, "Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to be the 10% who does make it." You better have that silent swagger to do that. And if you go and get a business loaner, if you save the money and you're freaking out because you got to make the payments or you're freaking out because you work so hard to save the money and you're not making any money, that's the perfect situation to force you to do what you wouldn't otherwise do. And that means to succeed in that business. So that is the way that you overcome not having any money. Now, if you're going to start a business, I've made this point and I'm going to say this again. By far, the most important thing you have to know is where are you getting the business? Where is it coming from? What is the delivery system? Who is going to refer a business? How are you going to market? Who do you know? Who's going to provide you with a constant stream of business? If you think you're going to work for one person do a fabulous job and they're going to tell everybody they've ever met in their life and you're gonna have plenty of business going forward, you're nuts. It isn't to say that that might not happen, but the idea that that's going to do happen consistently very likely won't be enough. There's rare occasions when it is. I'm, I'm not going to say there aren't. But for the most part, you have to have a delivery system that churns out new business, and that is a strategy to generate, meet with people, schedule uh, appointments with people, meet them who are good referral sources for you, and then be able to bring in consistent business that is profitable that you can do on an ongoing basis on a part-time basis and then possibly build it up. Let's take our last break we'll be right back. No, no, not take the break. Okay. We went past there it. There are huh? no more breaks. Oh. We
0: we did the we
1: did Hey, man, break. I'm, you know what? It's early Evan. I tell you what, here. I thought we I thought we needed one more. Okay, fair enough. So, hey, so if that's if that's true, then what is a delivery system? And I I was alluding to it. And when you're starting out, even if you do have funding, and even if you do have money saved up, marketing is a very challenging thing. And remember that branding, marketing, and sales are very different things. They are not all the same. They're different. Branding is providing something that that illustrates who you are and what you do very clearly, and it's something that you're gonna promote when you go out and do marketing. Now you're going to market this to people who want, need, and are willing to pay for your services. Sales is when they actually decide to pay you for doing that. You made sales. You actually got them to become a customer or a client. Well, I need to have a delivery system that accomplishes that, and that's not a small thing. Well, when you start out, you don't have a lot of money because you could spend a whole lot of money on branding. I mean, look, you want to start a little company? It's nothing to spend ten to $30,000 just on, on quality branding. <laughs> so if you're planning on working out of your house, I just blew you out of the water with that notion. And the reality is that most small businesses, unless they do it themselves, don't do that. And that's okay that you do it yourself. And once you get going and are making some money, then you can contract the services of someone like Ben Harris with Sharp Creative who can come in and teach you all about how to do that effectively. And he is a master at it, by the way. And that's wonderful. But maybe you can't do that right away. Marketing. How much Money I spent in the financial business trying to figure out what was the most effective marketing tool. The money I spent on direct mailings. I'll just tell you a a very quick story. The first year that I started my financial firm that I inevitably built out to over a hundred other financial advisors and insurance agents who worked for me. Let me tell you this. The first year was just me and I was trying to create a delivery system through marketing that I would market to them to come to work for me. The first year, I spent one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on developing, marketing, and mailing that was frankly unsuccessful. But because by the end of that first year, I had sold a little over fifty thousand dollars, having spent one hundred and fifty. So when I tell you you can go broke trying to figure it out, I am not joking. And had I not had enough money to support that, I would have been out of business before the end of the year ever even got there. So what I'm going to tell you is don't do what I do. Go to people who are logical referral sources and develop relationships with them, and then continue to develop those relationships with those referral sources. And then remember that everybody you work for is a story that you can tell to sell more business in the future, having worked for these people who are now raving fans of what you've done. And you can do that relatively inexpensively at a time in your business when you don't have a lot of money to spend on the traditional type marketing like Facebook ads and search engine optimization and the like. So that to me for a small business owner is probably the single most important thing that you're gonna do. If you don't have that before you start, you don't have anything. That's more important than developing the product or the service. Did you hear what I just said? Having a delivery system to sell the product or service in an inexpensive way that takes of your time and not of your money is more important than focusing on the product or service and the quality of it. Did you hear that? If I can't talk people into paying me for doing the thing, then it really doesn't matter, does it? So remember that. I would love to go on for eight hours on this. If you want to start a new business, if you want to start a side hustle, and you want to be successful, come see me. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. You're listening to 1500 ESPN
3: on KSTPAM 1500 and 94.5 HD2 Minneapolis.